You're listening to a DM podcast. We are underway. G'day, guys. Welcome to Talking League. We are a weekly NRL fantasy podcast. I'm your host, TK. The boys are in the house. I'm here with Andy. Hello again. And uh, Corby. Very expensive team from Bondi here today. <laughs> are we already over the cap? Like, what's going on, boys? Oh, that is hexy. Mate, you just kind of spoilt it. So today, boys, we have... Rooster, Rooster Man. Rooster Man. I want to be a Rooster Man. Boys, better or better or worse than the Dragons one? How can you not dance to that? I know, that's so cool. Corby, did you like that, even though you hate the Roosters? No, I, that was terrible. Really? Oh, I hated the last one, so it was, it's a, I guess there's always time for improvement. Can we just play the um, Owen the Saints for every team? <laughs> can, can you give that is okay, can rubbish. You, that give, is absolutely I hate that. That's terrible. Do you want a Gus? I love a Gus. Oh. No, 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 no. <laughs> All right, boys, let's get to it. So today we're going to be chatting with Roosters assistant coach Craig Fitzgibbon. But before we start the show, just head over to social media for our daily player and team analysis, Facebook and Instagram. You'll find us at Talking League Pod and also Twitter at Talking League One. If you can share the show with your family and friends, we'd be most appreciated. And if you can, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or the Facebook page. But let's get stuck in and catch up with Fitz. All right, guys, we're joined by Sydney Roosters assistant coach and one of the good friends of the podcast, Craig Fitzgibbon. G'day, Fitz. TK, how are you, mate? Doing good, mate. Great to catch up. Now, first things first, from 2020, you know, you won two comps. You did pretty well second second week of the semis last year, but what did you you and Robbo take from 2020 that you would kind of want to establish early on in 2021? Um, I think... You know, it was probably the simplest way to look at it was we, we ran out of gas and, um, you know, the reasons for that are multiple. But uh, I think in the years we've done well, we've been really able to manage the program and, and have a real uptick in our performance and our energy levels at the back end of the year. Yep. And um, for whatever reason, um, COVID injuries, preparation, programming, however you want to look at it, we we kind of had them redlining for too long, and um, yep. we didn't have that that reserve tank ready to find another gear. And um, and yeah, so it was, a, it was a really good lesson for us in that. Um, we've addressed all that, and, and hopefully, um, if we can get ourselves in a good position in twenty one, we'll we'll have that we'll have that ability to find another gear at the back end. Yeah, Fitz is always hard because you guys have heaps of rep players. And before we we press record, you spoke about your own experiences of going on kangaroo tours coming back busted and that sort of thing. Is it hard when you've got a rookie middles and then kind of like all these experienced rep players and they're all trickling back at different times? Is that really hard to kind of plan for? It is. It's hard for a pre-season planning block because you basically have three training groups. So you get up and running with your young fellas, then your non-representative NRL players come in and then your representative players come in. So you've kind of got to, by the last couple of weeks, have them all on par and... Uh, preparing the same way, so that's the same for a, a lot of clubs there. But it's the the experienced guys can get ready and fit very quickly. Yep. But there's a there's also some resilience in training that they need to build over time, and the the impact and the intensity of the game appears to be going up 
yet the preparation appears to be going down in terms of volume. So it's definitely a balance on because um, they can get prepared to play a game of footy, no worries. But is it in their best interest with no volume and no resilience building over that time? That's a good question. So um, they're just managing all that. It's the same for every club, I think. Yeah, mate, you've you've signed some impressive youngsters. Can you just tell us? Obviously, Joseph Suwali is the the headline one, but there's there's also I'm probably going to butcher some of these names, but Nufau White and then Tukuhau Tapohawa. Did I pronounce that yeah. anyway correctly? But can you tell us a little let's bit about him, the boys? Let's call him Tuk. We'll call him Tuk. Tuk. We'll call him okay. Fire. Tell us about the boys, mate. Uh, really good. Obviously, Suwali come um, with um, the profile there, but um, he's a really humble kid. The, the thing that Shocking is the athleticism and maturity for a seventeen-year-old. He's, he's just a—he's all man, yeah. um, mate. Fitzy, back in the day, of, could you have run him down and just ankle, just ankle broke him? Uh, Got him? Nah, he'd have run straight over the top of me, mate. But um, he's um, he's a physical, <laughs> physical specimen for sure. So just yeah, it's just his maturity, level of confidence, and and willingness to learn. Like he's so studious, question, question after question. So. Um, yeah, he's went out of the box, Joseph, and um, yeah, we talked and five They trained with us last year. You know, it was really hard on those young guys. That's in the program, probably numbers 24, probably numbers 33 to 33 and four. They did a full season of training with no games. That yeah, was hard on them. Would be. But it's, it's put them in a position where they can now train um, with the NRL guys and and. You know, Tooks is a real big body and um, takes some takes some handling for the the big guys. He's played he did play back row, but he'll end up in the middle. He's a he's a real big mobile body in the middle there. But far he's um he looks an outstanding prospect in the back row. Um, real really balance, really good balanced runner, um, powerful and and he's running really quickly. So they're, they're exciting those three. Yeah, would they be ready if if you needed them right now? Would they be ready? Uh well. It wouldn't be far off. Like, you know, no, it's very early to say. We haven't in our programming. We're still building. Um, we're building intensity and volume as we go. So we haven't really let rip on them, like with the big boys, yep. and put them into that. You almost need to throw them into the fire a little bit and see how they responded. Now, in in group training, in, in different smaller groups, and the parts that we have done, which have been hard and intense, they've handled it. Um, but. There's a difference between a block of training and and, uh, and a full game as to as to whether they could. So probably probably keep the powder dry there and wait to watch them trial and see if they look like men against men. You know. Yeah. Now Suwali's only 18 in August, so he can't play unless he gets an exception. Till then, is he allowed to play New South Wales Cup? Um. Yeah. Good question. I don't know the answer to that. I'm not sure if he can. I, I think he can play. Yeah, um, New South Wales Cup. I just don't think it's NRL. I think we've had a couple of younger guys, uh, Harry Edwards, and a couple of other younger under under eighteen play last year. So I think he can play that, but he can't play NRL. Yeah, okay. That'll be that'll probably be a good introduction, right? Because for yourself, it's because you debuted at what nineteen, didn't you? Uh, yeah, nineteen twenty. I think I was yeah. twenty. I think. Did you play any Reggies before you you debuted? A full season because it was um. Back then, it was sort of like it was now. It was 15, 17, 19s, 21 reserve grade, first grade. So I had um, I had a year in each, so a year in 15s, a year in 17s, a year in 19s, a year in 21s, and a year in reserve grade. So then I was, you know, and even the first year I played in first grade, I played 20 games, but I wasn't ready. I was skinny and um, overweight. <laughs> Physically very, very flimsy. So it took me a few years to really settle in. 
<laughs> Mate, talking about skinny, Sammy Walker, how's he how's he travelling? Has he put a little bit of weight on over the off-season? Yeah, he has. He has, actually. He's going good, Sammy Walker. He's probably one of the prospects that we, we left out of the conversation before. Um, just exceptional, um, exceptional uh, reactions and, and ability to see stuff when he's playing. But physically, he's um, still really, really developing there. And he's, he's come back with a few kilos on and he's, He's in with the big boys now and handling handling it well. So he's definitely one for the future. Sam is. Um, we're all very excited by him. Yeah. What's he like at training? Is he you got the confidence? Does he push the big boys around with the ball? Yeah, he does. No, he's not. He's, uh, he's still young and um, learning his place, and he's learning how to steer the teams around and learning um, the system that we want to play. Learning the parameters around defence. Like basically, you think about junior footy when you're as good as Sam is. It's, it's almost like the old uh, under eight stages. You get out there, just giving the ball and stuff yeah, up. Yeah, so yeah. it's been very will of the wisp, free spirited style of footy. Now we want to keep those attributes, so he reacts when he sees something in the game. But we want to, um, we want to obviously get him into the rooster style of play, so he's still developing all that sort of stuff. So he's a slow burn, but he's um, like I said, we're very excited by him. Yeah, mate. Lucky Lamb last year had a, a couple of good games before he injured himself. And then you've also signed Adam Kieran. So I'm, I'm assuming between Sam Walker and the two I've just mentioned, they're probably going to be your prospects for the seven. But just the latter two, how have they gone during preseason? Yeah, really good. Ads is um, probably like a, a really good um, replacement for all those retirements. Okay. Um, so more of a utility sort of role? Yeah, yeah. Multiple positions. Um, can play halves, can play locker to pinch, can play back row. He's been, we've been training at centre a little bit, been doing really well there. So. Um, yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's got really, really good utility value. And Lockie's Lockie's in his third or fourth preseason now, and he's uh, he's all man now. Lockie, maturity, ready to go. He's ready for an entire season and, and, and to dominate Lockie. I think. Yeah, him and him and Kirig with with Lockie's left foot kind of gives you that kind of one two punch. You guys look a lot better when when you kind of got that left right right. Yeah, that's right. He got um, he got hurt. Really quickly, when he got, went to the halves last year, lucky, which is a shame for him. But when we played him off the bench, he held his gloves up in the middle. Mm, we threw him a hooker and, yeah, yeah. and he, he punched a few holes in around the ruck. But defensively, he's um, he's an exceptional defender. Um, people probably underestimate him the size, but his size and strength and power to weight ratio is really high. So he, he's a good defender, lucky. So. Um, he's he's ready for a great season. Yeah, I remember because I was going to uni just right near where you guys were training last year, and I walked past him. I was, you know, like you said, he's not tall, but he's thick. He's very big. Like I was surprised. Yeah, he's a nugget. He's a nugget for sure. He's a nugget. Yeah. Fitz, goal kicking, mate. You know, with with Flano leaving, obviously there's a bit of a hole. I know Takiyaho's kicked in the past, but he's not going to be an eighty minute player. Who's is it going to be? Whoever takes the number seven is that going to be the goal kicker? Uh, not necessarily. Seawar is high level. He's just had a few injury dramas with kicking, uh, limited his kicking preparation. But Seawar is high level kicker, so we'll um, we'll start there. And there's a couple other options in around that have been practicing pretty hard. So um, you know that Seawar is really, really high level. So he's, I'm sure you've seen him kick for Tonga. Yeah, yeah. And um, he's kicked really well. So he'll. Um, yeah, we'll, we've got a couple. We've got a couple options there actually. Fitz, do you bring the boots out, mate? Just challenge him. No. Come on, mate. You're no, good. No, no, no. You know what? Um, JT comes down and um, and does um, and does a lot of goal kicking with the guys. Very, very good coach. And um, 
from my cell vaccine. Mate, when I just before I retired, I break my leg right across uh, my tibia, oh, right across right. the yeah, ankle yeah. joint. Yep. So when I kick when I kick the ball, things things like a bitch face with me. <laughs> so, um, I don't don't put myself out there too much. But um, no, JT's a really good um, kicking coach for those guys. So um, and when JT's not there, I just sort of um, you know, basically hang around, watch them kick, and echo JT. And we've got a, we've got a similar similar line of thinking there. But he's the master coach. Fitz, start of last preseason, a guy that I was really excited about was Billy Smith, but unfortunately did his ACL. How's he tracking for the start of this year? Yeah, good. Great kid, Billy. Um, you know, we, we we think really highly of him. Um, he's had two, unfortunately, two uh, knee recos. Mm. But um, in, in the game that he did play, I'm sure you saw against the Dragons um, a couple of years ago where he's, um, he's, he's got all the attributes, he's hungry, he's aggressive, um, he's a, got really good anticipation for a young player and just hope that, you know, you, you don't hope anything. He's, he's worked hard enough to, to ensure that he's not going to get hurt again. So he'll be playing it. He'll be yeah. playing some games this year. I think he'll force his way in and play some games this year. It's probably good that you got J-Moz too. You take him under his wing a little bit. Teach him. Well, he's pretty much the best in the business, mate. Learning from him, even if you're on the sideline. Just learning little tricks, right? Yeah, for sure. We're lucky there. We've got Kingy on the staff too. Kingy's outside back. Knowledge is high. And then both Morris's. It's like having three coaches just work with him constantly on positioning and um, you know, the intricacies of centre play, which is, you know, there's, um, there is some real real art involved in it. But to have some eyes like that, and they're really, really willing with their knowledge, uh, J-Moz and B-Moz, so um, it's, a, it's a real good nursery for those young outside backs um, yeah. with those guys, those guys around. For sure. Fitz, two other players that you really missed last year, probably the biggest one was Victor Radley and then also Sammy Verrills. How are the boys yeah. tracking? Are they any chance for round one? Um, oh, too early to say, um, but they're, they're both going really well. Um, both over, definitely over the hump and getting back in a full training. Not quite there yet, but close to. Um, just special players, both of them. Um, it's really hard. Um, it, it's easy to say Victor was missed because he'd been there for three years. Yeah. And and obviously an integral part to, to, to our style of play. But to have the foil of Sam and, um, and Jake, Playing out of nine, um, Jake's obviously um, like hugely important to us. But just a foil there with Sam, we end up um, did pretty lucky. A couple yeah, of games, Freddie, he was and, real and good, mate. Yeah. yeah, he is. He's got NRL written all over him, Freddie. So that was a good experience for him. But to see how like Freddie come in and did a good job, it, it makes you realise how 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 good Sam Gerald is because that was his first year. He had one preseason with. Yeah. With NRL, yep. one preseason. So usually it takes a couple of years of training. Yep. But one one preseason, we played the entire year and propped us up in a grand final. Um, while Jake was out the majority of the year, so we uh, we really missed um, both of them. And Victor's Victor's footy IQ is um, it's really important to he just makes players better around him as well as um, his, his rock guard. Yeah. <laughs> he's Mate, um, he's Rats, rock guard and creative. Rats could play five eight, couldn't he? Yeah, yeah, I do. We yeah, um, he's got the skills, he, doesn't he? He, he does have the skills. It's just too tough for his own good. You, you'd be you'd be mad to do it because you'd take him, you'd take him, um, some rock hard middle out of your team, you know. Mate, your dad would have loved coaching him. Remember, imagine him in the in the Sharkies team in the late eighties. He's he's a <laughs> yeah, perfect yeah. guy. He would have folded he, everyone. Fair fair competition to make the team. though. Gavin Miller and 
in in the in the thirteen. So I'm sure you'd <laughs> sure you'd have to you'd have to find a way to get both of them in your team, though, wouldn't you? <laughs> Absolutely, mate. Now you mentioned Freddie Lussick. I just didn't see him on your list. Is he a development contract next year, Fitz? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so he can't play around sixteen. Is that right? Uh, good question again. Um, that's all right. If he's on the belt, yeah. I can find the answer. That's that's pretty easy to find mm-hmm. the answer. Mate, another couple of the young blokes that really impressed me last year. First one, Daniel Fafita. Is he going to be getting like a lot more of a run this year? I think so because if you look at it, um, it's not as black and white as this, but you almost have a pecking order, don't you, players that when someone's out injured, you bring one in. And Palasa, Farmer Silly, he's been, uh, he's been knocking on the door for us for two or three years. Yeah. And um, we, we're we basically, for Poasa, it's important now that for his own development, he goes and gets regular first grade, which hopefully forces his way into the Dragons, the Dragons. team there. Yep. And he, he gets, a, gets a consistent run of footy because he's well prepared for his training. And, and you would think that Dan Fafita, um, he played three or four games last year, but he, he pops up into that slot and he ends up getting, you know, like more games mm. and puts pressure on puts pressure on um, guys not playing well and or whenever you have an injury or someone out, they force their way in. Now, what ends up happening is uh, it happened with all of our uh, younger guys. Like, and that's how Nat Butcher started. And then, you know, they start with five, ten games. Maybe even Dylan Napple when he's first started, they started with five to ten, but they forced their way in and ended up playing a season. So, um, yeah, he's, he's moved up the ladder and he's, um, he's a good kid. Just really, really looking after himself, really enjoying the grind at preseason. And, um, well, we have to get more out of him for next year. Yeah. This, yeah, this, sorry, this year. Fitz, another one of my fan favourites, mate, Lindsay Collins. Mate, he just rips yeah. in. Coming yeah. back from origin, is he just bouncing off the wall? Yeah, he is. We've been, uh, I think you've been sort of watching us with Lindsay where we've we've been waiting to, un- like he's, he unleashes and, um, and he's been, all power. He's just raw power, and he's got a good motor. He's been really has a really high impact for the last sort of three years for us, really. But now that impact's turned into consistency, like he's he's able to maintain it and um, play at a high level for long minutes now. So he um, he's yeah, you know, front row. Uh, they do take a little bit longer to get going, but he's he's cherry ripe now. Lindsay obviously buoyed by the, the Origin victory and. Um, you know, he stood up for them, I thought, in the series. So that, that puts us in a good position for him to have a good year. Yeah. Last guy I want to talk to you about is Tupanua, mate. Really impressed me last year with his athleticism and his ability to go 80 minutes as well. Did he surprise you guys in terms of his development, the way he developed so quickly? Well, I think, um, no, yes, yeah, I think um, a lot of, a lot of uh, good judges are excited by him and a lot of clubs have been sort of, after Sicily for a long time now, and we knew he had impact as a back row. Like you got, you got two styles of back row, and then you got like an out and out back row that holds the edges and punches holes, and you got a, a, like a forward style back row is a bit more harder working. And um, he's got he's got a little bit of both in him. So we just played him in the middle for the last couple of years, get get used to the rigors, mm. you know, like his NRL. And then when he slotted in and the ability to play eighty minutes, um, he, he got he got the, the details right. And then the impact is always going to be there for us. So he's um yeah he's a good kid too, and he's um he's uh is he everyone I don't know he's one of those guys that just have a little bit of something, don't you think? Yeah, like where 100%. you can yep. I don't know what it is, but you look at him and everyone goes, you know, I really like that guy. 
So he's just good to watch, um, especially with his hair just waving everywhere, and he's just fast. He could either play yeah. the centers, I reckon. He's fast, mate. Yeah, we've thrown him out there through injuries and whatever, but he um, he goes hard, man. He goes hard. Yeah, for sure. Well, Fitz, mate, really great to catch up. Appreciate all the insights, man, and we'll definitely have to do it again sometime as well, bud. Yeah, no worries, TK. Boys, we have got the most, pretty much the most, one of the most expensive teams in NRL fantasy. Now, the big dogs are big dogs, and they are pricey. Corby, let's start with you. Talk to me about my good mate Teddy coming in at eight hundred and fifty k. Most expensive wing fullback at the moment. What are you feeling about Teddy? Yeah, there's a reason. I'm I'm saying big yes. He will win you games, and he will lose if you don't have him. Yeah, he's consistent. He's a, he's a big one. I'm going to have him for sure. And the difference between winger fullbacks, Ponga and Teddy, and I think Turbo, just because of injury, he could also sit in this category. Yep. But all other winger fullbacks sit uh, around that 52 average below, and then there's a jump up to the 60, 63 for Teddy and uh, Ponga. I think Teddy's just those base stats. For him to hit over 200 metres a game, seven tackle breaks, he only scored eight tries last year. So for him, he scored 15 in 2019 and averaged 60. So his improvement as a footballer, we all know him as the greatest in the world. Andy, you going, Teddy? I will, yeah. He's had three scores above 100. Andy just told us before we went to the air that he was not taking it. Now he's changed his tune. No, 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 no. no. (laughs) I said I'm not going to pick him the first first couple of rounds because he has got a history of scoring low the first game back. You get one of these. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I would pick him up. But probably around two or three. I will wait to save it an extra bit, bit more My cash. My favorite you know? part of Teddy, yeah, is his, his crab runs across the ground. <laughs> oh, but you get seven tackle off. breaks in a row. Tackle bus, tackle bus, tackle bus. <laughs> you know what? If you own him, you're just grinning. <laughs> Agree. Eyes lighting. Agree. Up. All right, next boys. I'm just going to say it's a big two because they really do have a big two, and that's Angus Crichton. Did really re- came back to his South Sydney form last year. Andy, start with you. Are you in love? I'm with him, eh? Um, I'm hoping to get him in my draft leg as well. We'll see. Um, but, yeah, if for him, classic end draft for me. He's a weapon. He scored over 70 points five times last year, and four of them were above above 80. So. If he wins you the comp, will you call your first child Angus? Maybe his middle name. <laughs> Fair call. <laughs> Corby, any interest in Angus Crichton? Yeah, I'm, I'm, well, I'm interested to see if Virilis, when he comes back, if he takes that – um, spot on the bench, which I think he will, yeah. just with um, Friendy getting a bit older, and that pretty much locks Crichton into that full eighty minutes. I think he's an eighty-minute second row, especially with um, the other second row. Satili for a bit. Or oh, Boyd, oh, Boyd Cordner. Boyd with Boyd out. Uh, mm-hmm. That that'll be their main go-to second row. So yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of him. He might be a bit pricey. It'll have to sort of depend on other cheapies that I might get him, but yeah, he's a he's a get. All right. Good work, boys. All right. One I want to bring to you boys is Takihaho, boys. 674K. Now I'm projecting that he might be the next Tamulolo and average in a mid sixties. And I'll explain why. Two uh, 20 games last year, 55 minutes per game, which is an increase on 10 minutes from the previous year. Average 50. Now if you break it down further, he played 60 minutes in nine games, and he averaged 62. No goal kicking. <laughs> Next year, as Fitz said, he's taking over as goal kicker, right? So he's going to be expected to probably play upwards of 60 minutes. Had a look. Cole Flanagan kicked 4.3 goals in 2020. Latrell, four goals in 2019. They're slightly better kickers than Takiaho. So I'm thinking maybe three. So 
So that's an extra six, right? So he averaged 50. And just say he averages 60 minutes per game, all of a sudden he becomes a 60 player plus that extra six to eight. So he might become a 60, 65 player. Am I winning your love here, boys? Well, I like your maths there because if you look at the data, uh, he increased by six every year he's played. Mm. And that's not without kicking an extra minute. So the six plus the extra couple of minutes, he should get to that 60. So I'm with you there. I hate, you know that thing about, I hate about this show? The boys are going to be listening and they're going to take my second draft <laughs> oh, pick. Oh, no. <laughs> there goes my second draft pick just because I put a little bit of work in. Corby, are you backing me up or are you hating my thing? Yeah, well, if you're looking at, I was looking at the goal kicking to add those extra points. And that has him sitting around that 900K. So even in classic, I think he's a good get to make you about 230 cash mm. with his starting price there, 670. Well, he's so, joined yeah, it, yeah. And he was confident with him, wasn't he, Fitzy, with the goal yeah. kicking. So it looks like he's going to be the first choice and they'll need him on there because they don't really have too many others. No. I mean, there was a few, but yeah. The backup probably be Lockie Lamb or whoever gets to seven. But let's move on to that. Now, Lachlan Lamb, Andy, you're a big fan of him. Last year, you had him for a couple of rounds. Performed really, really well. Come in at 446K. How are you liking Lockie Lamb? Oh, I think it's a steal for him, hey. Uh, he's got great defense because he scored. You think he had 51 tackles when he recovered for a uh, friend. Mm. And his attacking flair is amazing when he actually started halfback. So I, I think he's a steal. I think he'll probably average a 50 plus player, maybe even 60. Like Flano done it, and he was done nothing to attack that much from all, what I saw. Yeah. So Flano was averaging 54. So I, I think Lachlan Lamb is the play, my player to watch for 2020. Yeah. In that game that you had him against the Dragons, he, he kicked for 384 metres, which means that he's, he is taking a more seven role, he's even confident. though that Kiri is out on the field. Corbett, do you reckon that will continue, with him dominating in seven and Kiri again playing that kind of role, more traditional 5'8", standoffish? Yeah, well, they tried to go Kiri the seven last year and it didn't quite pan out like they thought it would. And if Lamb can get that... Seven roles. You I mean Kiri was the best running five eight in those couple of years when they mm. won the premiership, wasn't he? So it makes sense. Uh, yeah, it, it looks like Lamb's got the nod to to start in the halves with Kiri. So yeah, he's he's a good get for me, and he's looking at making that two hundred fifty k if he gets that fifty average easily. Yeah. Easily. Now, boys, Victor Adley Fitz kind of confirmed they probably won't be ready for round one. I do have a source that did tell me that he actually did play in a scrimmage on the weekend. So he must be edging closer and closer. Something I don't look like about him this year, for someone that didn't play much footy, 500-plus K, 524 to be exact, loses his dual positioning. So for mine, he loses his value. He's a little bit of a void. Andy? He's a void for me. As much as I love him, I love his character. Oh, how good is his character? Oh, my gosh. I I wanted to get on the beers when he was saying, beers, beers, more beers. I'm with you, Victor. I'm with you. No, but Victor the Inflictor is a, a void for me. Corby, and- the duel doesn't affect me too much. It, was, it would have been better if you, because he's he was always going to be playing that second row anyway. Really, yeah. If he was a hooker and playing like the McInnes duel, but I think, um, yeah, it, it's a, it's just going to be an interesting one. He had three games of sixty plus minutes in twenty twenty for the sixty two average. I think they realised how much they missed him. You touched on it with Fitzy in that interview. Yeah. I think he's going to be playing those bigger minutes because he is a massive part of their team. But he's just coming off an ACL, and they never go back when they come back in the first year. They're never as good. I yeah. just don't, I'd say if he goes, if he will start playing better, I think it's going to give him a bit of time. I just don't think he's a classic worth. I think he's more of a guy that you'd probably pick on draft, maybe towards the back end. 
That's why yeah. I always liked his hooker thing because if you have an injury, you can always move him there without having to worry too much. But let's move on to Luke Kiry, who has improved as a fantasy player over the years, but still not setting the world on fire in terms of 592K. Corby, that's a little bit too expensive, especially he's one of those players that we've spoken about. Sometimes a guy that's great on TV doesn't always transcend into being a fantasy player. Thoughts? Yeah, he's not on my radar. I, I, Lamb's chewing all the uh, attention for me in the halves for the Roosters. Not, no go for me. Andy? It was outscored by Kyle Flanagan last year. So, yeah, he's just not fantasy relevant in my opinion. Good boys. We are doing pretty well. That's our first agreement. So next we'll move on to probably a little bit of value that we're, we might be seeing in the lineup. Probably anything I'm seeing at the moment, maybe Tupanua. Still a little bit pricey at 485K. Andy, give me your thoughts. I think he's just too inconsistent. He had highs of 75 and lows of 24s. So mm. that's just too much range for me. Um, yeah. I'll look elsewhere for maybe a Jackson Ford from the Dragons. Yeah. Corby? Uh, yeah, he's, there's other cheaper alternatives, I think, to Tupanua, but he he looks like he's going to get plenty of footy this year with all those reports on Boyd. So I'll, I'll, I'll be watching to see if he, I can fit him in. He'll, he'll still be good cash grab, and, yeah, if he gets that 80 minutes, he can play good footy. He's got some pretty good attack and flair. Boys, what they do have is some good rookies. Now, I'm going to put some names up to you. Actually, I'm going to name the big gun first. Joseph Sawali. If he gets this exemption, how many times are you going to be checking the free agency to see when he's available? Well, where does he play? Whose spot does he take? That's my only worry. Well, again, my sources from their scrimmage on the weekend. You've got a lot of sources. <laughs> he played on the wing, and he, they said, out-muscled Tupo like he wasn't even there. Yeah. Josh, you yeah. like you're like me. Remember last year with Luke Thompson, the year before, like with Jared Hayne coming back. We're always in there. We're we're we're, kicking, we're clicking refresh until that bloke's in the free agency. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you taking that approach with Suwali? <laughs> I think you would. Especially with to uh, Roger Fabri, the sprints coach, and he had, like he was comparing him to like he's trained a lot of good athletes, and he was just saying he has wheels. Like this kid has it. Yeah. Uh, he's still got a little bit, but, yeah, he says that he has it. It is a tough one, though, like you touched on before. They've got a pretty killer back line. They're getting older, but do they start changing or transitioning some of those young blokes? Changing like Billy Smith is back this year. Mm, you got a big rap on Billy, don't you? I got excited about him, and then you reminded me of exactly this point. Whose spot does he take? Mm, Morris or Manu. But, <laughs> yeah, you know, you just so. mentioned a good point. You said rotation. Both Morris boys turned 35 this year, so there is a good chance they may, might need to. There's origin back in the middle of the season too. So there'll be opportunities at some stage for guys like Billy, and hopefully Joseph does get an exemption. From all the raps, it does sound, sound like someone that does need to be part of the game. It will help marketing-wise anyway. I don't see him in 2021. I think 2022 is his sort of time when – the Morris and the, the Morris's brothers twin they drop off and they yeah. sort of they just become a bit of a mentor. Now, Corby, Sam Walker, we all have wraps on him, but he's probably, as Fitz said, he's probably not gonna be physically ready this year. Some people like to carry someone that doesn't even play in the emergencies. What's kind of your strategy around it? Will you carry someone that's cheap like a Sam Walker just so it doesn't smash any of your salary cap? Or are you gonna be totally just with players that will play on that weekend? No, I, f- I feel it's a waste. I feel and like unless it's someone that you know is going to get some time later on. But he was like a couple of lines he had like, learning the system, one for the future. That tells me he's not going to get any time too soon. Yeah, he's no Jordan I- I Ricky, want- and he's got to no, take he's got to take Lammy off the field as well. 
Cheapies to make some money. <laughs> well, boys, what do you reckon? Was that our best ever podcast? It flowed really well. Did you like that? <laughs> Can we get, get a tick? Get do you want a tick? Yeah, it's a good tick. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> you can't just wrap yourself. Oh, I do it all the time. Boys, that was the Roosters. Next week on the show, uh, next up on the show, we've got Warriors assistant coach Justin Morgan, and we'll be wrapping up the fantasy relevance of the Warriors. But for now, Andy. Catch you next time, boys. Corbs. See ya. And we'll catch you next week.